The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to The Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today on this Saturday in September. It's it's hard to believe it's already September. I know. Yeah. But football's still here, so I'm still excited. Yeah. That's yeah, good. Uh, I am excited about the show today in, in different ways. You know, as, as you listen to the intro, it says that uh, there's many twists and turns, right? And, and there is some guidance needed in The Masculine Journey. You know, and I think that there are times that we help guide each other. Definitely, there's always times that God helps guide us. You know, and God uses different ways. And, and for me, this is a topic that I've needed some guidance on from time to time. And uh, I'm sure that you guys might relate. Would you say that that's been your... Now, I know I haven't said the topic yet. I'm keeping you in suspense. <laughs> that's the teaser. It is. Oh, no doubt that there's a lot of uh, hearts that are given over to this one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And the topic we're going to be talking about today is forgiveness. And so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, forgiveness and, and uh, why that we're called to forgive, um, why that's something that's pretty important in Scripture. There's uh, definitely more than a couple Scriptures that deal with it. Um, you know, Jesus actually says that from the, the, the cross, right? And so forgiveness is something that's quite important to our walk. Uh, between us and God and between us and other people. And so we're going to delve into that today and just talk a little bit about that and talk a little bit about what happens if you stay in that unforgiven place. You know, what's some of the effects that can happen to you. And so, Robbie, as we were talking about this topic, initially we've kind of been all over the place with this topic a little bit, haven't we? Yeah, it does. You've got all sorts of aspects to it. Forgiveness of yourself, forgiveness of others, you know, just forgiveness throughout the day little bitty family forgivenesses there's there's a lot of stuff there there is um being able to accept forgiveness right right um sometimes that goes along with forgiving yourself and so i'd like to actually get into a clip pretty early because i want to set up why we're talking about this topic and and this is from a, a movie called um october baby and in this movie this girl has found out that she was adopted and her birth parents had tried to, to have her aborted and that wasn't successful and she was adopted and she goes back to meet her her birth mother and, and she still doesn't want relationship with her and, and so the girl's been on a trip to find out something about her past and she finds out she had a brother at one point and so as we pick up this, this scene, she's sitting in church with um, a pastor, I guess, a priest as it might be and and she's talking with him, and I want you just to listen to this exchange and, and where he goes with her forgiveness. I guess I'm trying to figure out how to let go of things. Things? Can't figure out how to let go of the fact that I feel hatred for myself and others. There, I said it. It's just... I just hate myself for feeling this way. I see. This, uh, cathedral. 
was built in 1893. Named for St. Paul the Apostle. It's magnificent. He wrote a letter to the church at Colossae and said, because we have been forgiven by God, we should forgive each other. In Christ you are forgiven. And because you are forgiven, you have the power to forgive. To choose to forgive. Let it go. Hatred is a burden you no longer need to carry. Only in forgiveness can you be free, Anna. A forgiveness that is well beyond your grasp or mine. A forgiveness that you, you can't find on a trip or even in this cathedral. But if the sun shall set you free, you will be free indeed. From the uh, NIV, Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And that was part of that letter from Paul to the, the church in Colossae. And, and so as we talk about this topic, it's one that we know that's important, right? Obviously, or, or God wouldn't have devoted a lot of attention to it. And it's, it's important for our own hearts. As you listen to that clip, Al, and to this girl, first she says, you know, she has hatred for herself and for others. But what's, what's that priest really telling her that she needs to let go of? Why is he telling her that? Because forgiveness is the road to healing. And the destination is restoration. And that's what every human being since the beginning of time and the fall has been seeking. So, Robbie, if I ask you the question, let's say I, I just decide not to forgive. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to forgive. I'm not going to let that person off the hook. What's really happening to your heart? Well, that's the challenge is that you, you've got a part of your heart that is now tied up in this bitterness, in a bitter root, in a complaint that it, it continually dealing with. And if you've ever experienced it, and I know I have many times <laughs> just recently, uh, it plays scripts at your heart all night long. You'll see <laughs> things that you should say to that person, things that you should do to that person, ways to protect yourself, all sorts of things are f that your heart will throw at you in trying to deal with this that you are holding on to. And the result is you cannot be wholehearted mm -hmm. because your heart is now consumed with that which is holding on to this bitterness, this pain, this sorrow. Mm -hmm. now, if you think about a heart patient who only has a third of their heart working functioning how limited is their life and I, I think that's a great analogy robbie because think of it as your heart is being held hostage it can be freed you can regain full wholeheartedness but it comes at the same forgiveness that you were given it um the enemy knows that you haven't let go of it i mean he knows it and so he pours it on you know, I don't know how much of that comes from your heart. I mean, your heart's holding that broken piece and it's not going to let it get healing. I mean, that's essentially what's happening. And then the enemy is just looking at that and he's just pouring on all the stuff on top of it, you know, with those thoughts, with those things that come at you. 
you know, uh, trying to seek justice in some way or trying to seek re- re- revenge or redemption or something of that order. And, and so it's a, it's, a, it's a great foothold for him to have access into your life. Let me ask you a question, Sam. If unforgiveness or a grudge is a storm, how hard is it to get to the far side of that storm? Is this a math equation? Yes. I'm thinking, I'm thinking there's something in there that was math. I'm not good at story I just problems. figured I'd try to throw something at you just off the wall because it's never been done before. No, you know, I think that's the magic question. How hard is it to get there? You know, what are those things that keep you from going there? And it's really different for everything, every issue you've ever had. Mm-hmm. It will always be different because relationships are different. People are different and circumstances are different. We're going to, we got a few minutes till we go to break. Um, now, go ahead and tell us about this next clip from the movie Mom's Day Out. Uh, this is a new movie It's a, uh, that's just been released on DVD. It's a great one. But this is a mom who has this picture of a perfect mom. And she cannot hold herself, or when she holds herself to that standard, she just holds herself accountable and feels like a failure. I can't. I can't get in front of it. No matter how hard I try, no matter how much I give, I'm just not enough. For who? What? Not enough for who? I mean, Sean, the kids, my mother, God, everybody, I don't know. You. Not enough for you. My mama worked three jobs. I never met my daddy. I had to get up early and walk to school, but I'd wait up for her coming home from the diner. I'd wait up every night because she'd come home and she'd put me to bed and she'd tell me something. She tell me the same thing every night. He loves you, Charles. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, or how far you run, Jesus will always be loving you with his arms open wide just for being you. And I'd smile and go off to sleep. And that's enough. Y'all spend so much time beating yourselves up must be exhausting. Let me tell you something, girl. I doubt the good Lord made a mistake giving your kiddos the mama he did. So you just be you. He'll take care of the rest. If your heart is held hostage in a situation like that, you're not able to give full wholehearted love to your family. And so we can just see what Robbie was talking about. You're just bound up and you can't accomplish the love that God put you on this earth for. Yeah, we don't, I've not seen the movie. I know you have, but we don't, I don't know the rest of the story to this, but there's something that's happened in her life that's led her to believe that she's not enough. There's something that she's made an agreement to, something that she's not forgiven herself for a lot of times. And that was kind of some of the point I wanted to talk about, that that forgiveness of yourself sometimes gets in the way. Right? It gets in the way of being able to forgive others. 
it, it's hard to treat someone else's heart better than your than you treat your own at times. Now, some people can do that and beat up their own heart, but really, the way we treat ourselves is often the way we'll treat others. And if you live with such a high standard of yourself that you can't forgive yourself, you'll probably struggle forgiving other people. I had a good friend of mine that challenged me with that last week a little bit, saying saying that topic, and I started to think about that. You know, and that's that's part of my story. We'll come back a little bit is um, not forgiving self is a big part of that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about unforgiveness and what it really looks like to forgive in a way that you can forgive. You've been listening to Masculine Journey. Come back and listen to more of this great topic. You can get more uh, podcasts we've had in the past at MasculineJourneyRadio.org. You can look at anything we may have coming up when we get new events. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Your phone, your tablet, your iPad, your Android just became a radio. That's right. You can take the Truth Network with you everywhere now thanks to our brand new Truth Network app. That's right. Listen to Dr. Michael Brown in the Line of Fire, the Christian Car Guy with Robbie Dilmore, Truth Talk Live, all of our programming 24-7 right there in your hand. Perhaps you're out of range of your radio or traveling in a busy airport. You can plug into the Truth Network. Just go to truthnetwork.com to download the new free app. That's truthnetwork.com. It's the most advanced technology available. Engineered with over 200 million sensory receptors. Its all-terrain design is beautifully formed. Weather-resistant, reliable, astonishingly high performance in even the most challenging of circumstances. And it is also the finest search technology in the world. No, no, no! There's nothing else quite like a search dog. Be part of the search. Go to searchdogfoundation.org to see how you can help. thing to give away and the last thing on your mind today it always goes to those who don't deserve it's the opposite of how you feel when the pain they cause is just too real takes everything you have to say the word forgiveness Forgiveness, that is what we're talking about today, and it is something that's hard to do. Now, sometimes it's not really too hard. You know, if I, if I order a sandwich and order with pickles and they forget to put pickles on it, I can probably forgive that most days. Depending on the mood. <laughs> no, I could forgive that, but what if it's something that's really important, right? What if it's something that uh, was really meaningful to you? What if it's a betrayal? What if it's a, a situation where, you know, you depended on somebody and they weren't there? Right, those get a lot closer and they get a lot harder, right? Because it's more personal. And, and what makes those hard, guys? If I ask you that question, what makes those situations hard? Well, that song you just played, for example, was written because Matthew West was trying to help a lady get over a drunk driver that had killed her son. Mm-hmm. And you know, the thought of how would how would you do that? That this person made choices that led to the death of your child that was your future your dream you know all those things that that comes from and your heart is all tied up in that person so naturally now you've got your heart tied up in a forgiveness issue mm-hmm. and you know if we were going to put some specific things does pride not get in the way of forgiveness does um grief not get in the way mm-hmm. of forgiveness um and just the hurt you have all you have those i think sometimes you have uh Fear of vulnerability, 
right? If I forgive, then I'm going to put myself in that position to be vulnerable again. You know, we talked a little bit about before the break of forgiving yourself and why that's important. You know, for me, I struggle with that. I actually probably do a better job of forgiving others than I do forgiving myself because I have a high expectation of myself. I know that I knew better, right? And I know that doesn't, it's silly, but it's really something that in the past has helped me. And that's what makes it so hard to break because it's kept me from going back to things that I knew weren't good because I had it like a control mechanism. It really doesn't work long-term, but the, the problem is it works short-term. And then it becomes this long-term embedded thing and it, it gets in the way of, of healing. You know, in a person who lives in an unforgiven state becomes that bitter old man or that bitter old lady, right? That just is just soured on the world. Because anything that you plant will grow. Yeah, there's no doubt that <laughs> when you hold on to those things like that, especially for yourself, and, and I love that passage from John Owen when he said it takes the deep cleansing of the blood of Jesus Christ. For me, when I find myself at those places you're talking about, Sam, it's it's there I understand more of what happened at Calvary because mm-hmm. Jesus questioned did I pay enough to get this overcome, Robbie? You know, you're, you've, you're holding yourself so accountable. Did I pay enough? Is there enough there to overcome what it was that you think you did and, or what you did in fact do? Well, and I think that goes to a good point about perfection. You know, we hold everybody to the standard of perfection. We strive to be perfect. We expect things of other people. We expect them to meet that, ex, uh, that expectation. But you're only made perfect through the blood of Jesus Christ. No other way. Any other perfection is just the perfection of man, and it falls short. Robbie, when you were talking about the Matthew West song, right, you know, and it becomes a question, are there things that are unforgivable? And that kind of leads us to a clip, doesn't it? It does? The interpreter clip? Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want to throw you a curveball. I, I, I took out. It went, took me right out. Yeah. Well, yeah. we uh, this clip has meant just a world to me since I found it. I hadn't actually seen the movie, so I couldn't speak to the movie. But I do know in the clip, the lady apparently has lost a child of hers to a, a landmine. And you'll hear her make a discuss, uh, discuss that for a second. But the tribal ritual that she describes, I'm, I'm going to let her say it. And then I'm going to go back and, sh- and, and unpack some of what that is in the Christian life that God showed me a tremendous thing that he had come after my heart with. What are you not telling me? What are you accusing me of? How do you feel about Zawani? Never mind, I don't care for him. I feel disappointment. That's a lover's word. What about rage? Of all the people that I've looked into since this thing started, the one with the darkest Zawani history is you. It was his landmines that killed you. We don't name the dead. Everyone who loses somebody wants revenge on someone on God if they can't find anyone else. But in Africa, in Matopo, the coup believe that the only way to end grief is to save a life. If someone is murdered, a year of mourning ends with a ritual that we call the drowning mantra. 
There's an all-night party beside a river at dawn. The killer is put in a boat, he's taken out on the water, and he's dropped. He's bound so that he can't swim. The family of the dead then has to make a choice. They can let him drown, or they can swim out and save him. The coup believe that if the family lets the killer drown, they'll have justice but spend the rest of their lives in mourning. But if they save him, if they admit that life isn't always just, that very act can take away their sorrow. Vengeance is a lazy form of grief. There's some powerful stuff at the end of that. Vengeance is a lazy form of grief. And the, the thing that, can we admit that life isn't really just? And as I was listening to that clip and starting to picture this person totally vulnerable, the person that's drowning there, and now he needs mercy from the people that he injured. And all of a sudden, God reminded me of how he had put me in that position where the person that had deeply, deeply wounded me was now totally vulnerable to my judgment. And he took me back to the dealership that I owned in Moxville and then my office manager who had embezzled um, the tax funds and all those things. And as it came to pass, the North Carolina Department of Revenue called me and asked me to testify against her. And that night as I was processing what I might say, and you can imagine <laughs> that my heart was tied up there and there were a lot of scripts being run. That God showed up that night and he showed me exactly what the judge, or he told me exactly what the judge was going to ask me, which was, Robbie, how much time would you give her for what she's done to you, your family, your employees, and Westside Chrysler? And the next day I found myself there, and just as God had told me, the judge asked me that question. And I was sitting there on the witness stand. I was looking at my office manager, and there she was, a 66-year-old grandmother. Her eyes were cold. They used to be encouraging when she used to come to our Bible study. She was a deep friend. But now when I looked there, she was looking, and she was no different than that African bound and, and drowning in the river. Her, her life was drowning there. And the judge wanted to know how much time I should give her. And I thought, as I was recalling this wow god you put me in exactly the same position as what this clip is talking about this person that has wounded me was totally vulnerable before me and now it was my input that would decide somewhat her fate and how much time that she would sp spend in prison the judge wouldn't let me off the hook because i tried to say well judge you know you're the judge you know all this stuff. <laughs> he said no robbie i'm not gonna let you go off that easy i want to know how much time should she spend in prison and i said your honor I don't think the North Carolina uh, would be served at all by having a 66-year-old grandmother in prison. I don't see how that serves the state of North Carolina. But when I go home tonight, there's going to be 20 employees that lost their job, lots of folks that lost their, their lives, my kids that lost their house and their cars and their lifestyle. I can't look at them and say, she got away with it. So God had given me the dignity and the ability to, in some ways, reach out there and untie her as she was swimming in the river. And she could tell, I know she could tell from my demeanor that the forgiveness was there. And God had unleashed it somehow through the transaction that was there. We were face to face. 
there in the courtroom. And as I thought about that over the last 24 hours, I realized, wow, that happened to me another time in my life. But it also happened to King David with Saul when he was in the cave and he was totally vulnerable to him. Another time when he was in the camp and he was totally vulnerable to him. And so I wonder, you, the listener, as you're listening to this right this minute, has God ever given you the dignity of having this person who literally tore your world up and now you are in the position of, are you going to let them drown or are you going to untie them? In Matthew 7, it says, with the measure that you use, it will be measured against you. Think what happened in King David's heart because he gave King Saul that mercy and how he could later give himself mercy when he himself was a murderer. And and so I don't understand all the spiritual aspects of it, Sam, I really don't, but there's obviously some close connection between justice and mercy and bitterness and resentment. In other words, all these are connected somehow or another spiritually. And when you choose mercy and, 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 and somehow or another that releases some part of that bitterness that, that your heart is holding on to because clearly, as I think about Frankie to this day, I know a lot of people are very bitter about her. I completely, I, there is nothing there. I am totally good, but I, I completely credit God with coming for me through that process of what this lady is describing that this African tribe did. And it did exactly what to your heart, Robbie. I know you said it, but when you say it again, what did it do to your heart when you forgave? It set it free. And that's really the question. And the question that we all have is, to some degree, we're all in that driver's seat to a little bit. You know, especially if you're around the person or around the people on, on a pretty regular basis that you're kind of holding hostage, right? You're kind of in that seat already. And I guess the question I would have is, really, who are you holding hostage at the end of the day? Your own heart. You know, we talked about the seeds that are planted. You know, what seeds are you planting? Because it's what you're going to reap down the road. If you're, if you're planting forgiveness, you have an opportunity for true joy and hope in the things, the abundant life that Jesus promises. If you're planting seeds of unforgiveness, you have bitterness, hardness, all those things that are going to come. So which seeds are you willing to plant today? And that's what I'm going to leave you with. We thank you for listening. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org for more information on us or to ask us questions. We have some great blogs on there. Um, We have some past podcasts that you can listen to. And we just appreciate you and thank you for listening to us. Have a great day. 